Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Taylor, and today I'm joined by my lovely girlfriend, Vanessa Grimaldi. Welcome to the show. That's a great intro, because people actually do think I'm your girlfriend, not just a girl (laughs) that's your friend, like your lover. (laughs) Yes, this is true. Uh, You have been on the show several times before, and for anyone that is just listening that doesn't know our relationship, um, yeah, we met on Nick's season of The Bachelor, and then basically found true love in one another in our friendship, but everyone thinks that we're actually dating. (laughs) I feel like I am. I don't know who said this. Oh, yeah, because Josh was on my podcast the last episode. Josh was on Help I Suck at Dating. Mm -hmm. And someone had messaged me like, well, if you're dating Josh, then like, how's your basically saying how (laughs) my friendship with you is kind of like a relationship and maybe like, you know, that's unhealthy. I'm like, no, it is super healthy to have a friend that you could lean on. And can be your cheerleader. I was reading mm-hmm. Oprah's book called What I Know For Sure. I think that's what the, what the title is called. And there's a page that reminded me of you. And it basically said, she's talking about Gail. And she said, Gail is my right-hand woman. And she is someone that will pick me up when I'm breaking into pieces mm-hmm. and will be the one to cheerlead me on whenever I'm doing great. And I feel like that's you. You're my Gail. Or you want you could be Oprah. I'll be Gail. <laughs> you be Oprah. I'll be Gail. I'm good with that. <laughs> that's so sweet yeah hey, thank i think you it's for called what i know for oprah. sure <laughs> well you're very insightful like oprah is well thank you i try and yeah i would say like you're the same to me like i would read that and i would think of you too um but it is interesting i think when people try to navigate maintaining their really close relationships when they get into a new romantic relationship, which can definitely be something we we discuss in today's episode. Um, so you're on today to kind of discuss a few different things that we'll get into this episode. One of them kind of being friendship and maintaining new romantic relationships. Uh, another will kind of be discussing, you know, living life publicly on the media and how you kind of balance, you know, your own mental health and taking care of your own well-being with also, you know, being basically a social media influencer and kind of um, what it's like to be in this bachelor family, Um, like the real, (laughs) the real version of what that's like, Um, a very vulnerable, authentic you know, the description of, of what that experience is like for both of us. And then uh, we'll also answer a few bachelor questions. Uh, it's not usually a topic I discuss on this podcast, but I know that some of you have been curious about a few things and um, I haven't really addressed certain things. So um, thankful to have you here today with me <laughs> to help me feel a little bit more comfortable in addressing these things that... Um, you know, sometimes I, I would rather just keep to myself. Yeah. Or between us. Or between us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Um, well, so for those of you that also don't know, um, Vanessa hosts a podcast called Help I Suck at Dating with Dean and Jared, who are also from Bachelor Franchise. Um, and, you know, I'm curious, kind of, you've been doing that podcast for a while now, right? That's like over yeah. a year. Yeah, it's a little bit over a year. It's, yeah, a little bit over a year. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like I'm not really part of the Bachelor bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really talk about Bachelor-related things. Every now and then we will. 
Uh, obviously, now Dean is on Paradise, so mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of episodes when Paradise starts to air. Um, but it's interesting whenever I have people come up to me asking me, oh, are you watching the new season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette? And a part of me is like, I feel so guilty saying no. Yeah. But it's not because I don't want to. It's because I still have a little bit of anxiety whenever... Mm-hmm it comes to watching the show. And that's not to say that I'm not grateful to have done it. I'm extremely grateful for the life that I have now, extremely grateful for my friendship with you, grateful for the the relationship that I had with Nick. Unfortunately, that didn't work out, but fortunately it didn't. And now I'm with someone, I'm I'm in a new relationship. With me. So with you, (laughs) exactly. So everything all ends up working out and everything ends up, um, it's cliche, but everything does happen for a reason. So I think it's the way you want to view life. If you want to view life in, in a negative way, then everything around you is going to be negative. Your experiences are going to be negative. And mm-hmm. I think at one point it was like that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was highly, um, you know, we put ourselves out there on Instagram. We put ourselves out there through our podcasts and you feel so much closer to people through social media. And even me, sometimes I'll bump into someone. I'm like, oh my God, like, how was your vacation? And I only know about this because I saw it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you become that much closer to people through social media. But at the same time, there's that level of privacy that kind of is stripped away. Um, And it's finding that balance. Like, what do I keep private? What do I not keep Mm -hmm. private? Well, I think an interesting point here that I kind of want to point out because I see a lot of people do it in in many different instances but especially you know in this kind of media work where anytime someone discusses where this is a hard thing or something that you've struggled with to almost immediately combat that with but like I'm grateful but like I'm really grateful right right um, right and I think it's 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 interesting how we try to almost mm-hmm. like cover that up with like, but like mm-hmm. nobody be mad at me for saying that this is hard, please, because no, I am really grateful. Right. Um, and in a way it, it can be somewhat dismissing of, of, you know, those tough feelings that you are having and that I think it's important that those are also very valid. And I think, you know, especially when <laughs> there's, oh, there's many layers, even when it's specifically discussing anything bachelor related of, you know, not wanting other people from the franchise to get upset at you or think that you're, you know, looking down on them. Or if it's, you know, not wanting to upset producers or whether it's not wanting to breach a contract mm-hmm. and not wanting to upset followers to make them right. think that you're, you know, ungrateful for this supposedly very glamorous life that you live. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, address that. Cause I think even for me sometimes, you know, like last night I shared on my Instagram, um, people were just kind of like asking how, how ads worked. And mm-hmm. this actually really cracked me up that, um, I had shared, you know, that like, yeah, I had car troubles. And so like prepare for some ads because like I have $3,000 to pay for my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, so then I was posting, you know, two different ads this week and, people were messaging me like, girl, I'm just swiping up on this. I don't know if this actually helps you or not, but I'm just swiping up, girl. Like you pay that mechanic. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, that's so sweet. That is really sweet. And then people were like, I don't know if like if the swipe up actually help or not. Like what are like they Uh actually looking for? And so I was like, I didn't think I'd ever have this conversation on here. But yeah, like partially it's the swipe up, the numbers, but partially it's also like how many people use your code and what, how many downloads and purchases are made. And and so I was like, it is kind of a numbers game. And then then I 
went into this conversation where like, yeah, it is kind of a numbers game. And when you think about it, it can actually be really damaging mental health wise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, not to say again that, you're, that I'm not grateful for the opportunity to have these partnerships with people, but that it also can be really shitty to your self-esteem. <laughs> well, the, the problem is we quantify life. Amount yeah. of followers, amount of likes, mm-hmm. amount of weight we lost, yeah. uh, amount of friends that we have. Mm-hmm. And that is so damaging. And sometimes I see myself doing that and I'm like looking at my page refreshing like, mm, how many followers did I gain? Oh, I didn't gain any. <laughs> I lost 3,000 <laughs> followers today. And I'm like, how did this happen? And I've reached a point, I remember telling myself, like if I reach, if I, at one point I was nine. 100,000 something, close mm-hmm. to a million. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like I started with 200 followers <laughs> and now I have like so many people following me. The breakup happens. I lose 200,000 followers. Then they go up and then they went back down. Mm-hmm. And now they're just going down. I'm not part of the franchise anymore. And yeah. of course, my name was known because I was on the show, mm-hmm. not because I, you know, did something miraculous. Like I just had the or courage you, to like, go on grew the show. A following and, or cause I grew yeah. a following and I'm like a makeup artist or whatever. I'm none of those things. And so I'm like, okay, well the people that I, I justify it with the people that are, that are following me are the ones that want to continue seeing mm-hmm. my journey, whether that's bachelor related or not. Like yeah. we build a form of a bond. Mm-hmm. And I had an event last night and it was so touching to see the people that come out, yeah. um, to support. And, you know, in those instances, that's when I remember, I am grateful. I am grateful for, even if it's five people that show up, like, thank you for coming out in the middle of the day in traffic, finding parking and traveling to come and see me. Yeah. But I remember once to go back to your point, you were talking earlier. Yeah, we do say I'm feeling low, but I'm grateful. I was on a radio show and someone called in and said, oh, Vanessa, oh, stop complaining and talking about how, um, I I think I was encouraging people to do therapy and how I had gone to therapy after the show. Mm -hmm. Therapy was the, the show was the first time I was introduced to therapy, believe it or not. For a lot of people it is. And it was, and that's the one, the biggest takeaway for me was going to see that therapist doing couples therapy after with Nick, um, actively going to do therapy on and off. Um, Mm -hmm. and, that was my biggest takeaway. And I remember when I did that radio show and someone said, oh, well, you're making money and you have all these followers and, and yet you're complaining, saying that you need therapy. And I'm like, oh, so someone who looks like they have it all means that the, their inside doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on in their mental state doesn't count because yeah. on the outside they look fine. And this is a great analogy. My When uh, we got off of the show, it was a surge of people that were following us, right? Mm-hmm. Good comments, bad comments. And I remember my coworker, Anna, she said, Vanessa, um, if I, I actually, I don't know if it was because of that, but I remember her, this analogy, if someone, basically this is for anyone who's listening to our podcast, anyone listening to, um, people's stories on Instagram, following them and you're comparing your life, people, if you get a box of, um, a Tiffany box, right? It looks beautiful on the outside. But then if you open it and it's literally a piece of shit inside the box, do you still want the box? No, you don't want the box, right? So you're in not not where I thought you were going. Not even that. where I was going. And I remember her saying, like, you know, the people's outsides can look like yeah. they have it all together, but they feel literally yeah. like shit on the inside. Or a person can be really shitty on the inside, but look like they have it all on the outside. Yeah. And 
And I think that that also kind of, you know, that person's comment goes to a lot of the almost dehumanizing that happens to people mm-hmm. that are on TV, especially in reality TV, um, that they are kind of expected and have these different um, expectations kind of placed on them as to how they should be and, you know, what character they were on on whatever show they were on um, to where when you do show those vulnerable mm-hmm. things, it's like literally gives people like a visceral reaction where they want to yeah. like shove you back in that box and be like, no, like you don't get to be like that. Like you're my entertainment, right. like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and whenever I, um, you know, whenever I talk about my relationship with you, it kind of makes me sad that I have to justify that you're just this amazing person that wasn't portrayed. Parts of you were portrayed on the show, Mm -hmm. but your incredible, selfless, um, thoughtful, generous, uh, giving side, that's you. That's the only, that's the only version I know of you. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I say, oh, well, yeah, my best friend is Taylor, and I, and I literally continue with, she got the shittiest edit. Well, I wouldn't even say edit. I don't like using the word edit. But she wasn't portrayed the way she should have been. She is my rock. Mm-hmm. And you have been there for me through literally, and you and I know, mm-hmm. thick and thin. Okay? Like, Taylor mm-hmm. knows more stuff about me than any other person on this planet. And has been there supporting me through all of it. And Taylor's the kind of friend that will call you just to see, are you doing okay? Like, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. I messaged you when I was away on vacation and I had anxiety and you called and we had messaged me to say, do you want to jump on a call to s- and just chat? Yeah. That's the kind of friend we should all have. Everyone needs a Taylor. You know how like Raven, she raves about Adam, like every girl needs an Adam in their life. I'm like, no, every girl needs a Taylor in their life. You and I'm are. so lucky to have found you. You're so funny. You're going to make me cry. Um, it's true. Yeah, I think like, you know, it hurts my heart in a way to hear you say that, you know, that that it's kind of sad that you have to justify that almost. And, you know, that was one of I the I don't scary do it all things. the time. I, I don't know. do it all the time. I know, but that was, you know, even going into like the dating world, something I had to deal with, even when, you know, I met my current partner now, like when he, you know, told his friends that he had met me, like his friends had like automatic negative um, biases against me and, and assumptions about me. And he then, you know, right off the bat from being so excited that he had met me and feeling mm. like just so, you know, connected and just excited about meeting someone that he really liked, then literally had to sit there and like defend me to these, to these people that were really close to him. And like that made my heart break and, you know, definitely sucks. It's just a really shitty part of it, but you know, it's something I've dealt with now for almost three years and, um, it's, it sucks, but yeah, sometimes meeting new people, you kind of already have this obstacle to, to jump over and making friends as an adult is already hard, let alone, oh, yeah. let alone so, add on all this other stuff. Um, let's, can we talk about how can you make friends? Cause it's kind of like, how do you, how do you find a boyfriend? Like, do you go to a bar? Do you go well, on? There's like dating apps where you can find a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that I know that have moved to a new city. Like when I was living in California, it was hard to yeah. know like, okay, where do I go to make friends? Like, do I go to a gym or, you know, how do you create bonds with people? Like we got lucky in the sense that Taylor and I were both in the same limo. Mm-hmm. We shared the same bunk bed. 
heads. Um, and we kind of just like bonded off of, yeah. not, I don't even remember what we bonded <laughs> off of, but we just like, we can, we completely clicked. I think um, we bonded off people- of feeling like we were going crazy and like needing to just like oh, yeah. say some shit that like was really yeah. obvious that we were like, we can't say this in front of cameras, but like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a lot to process. A lot. Yeah. Um, yes. so how does someone, yeah, making friends as an adult. Making, yeah. I did actually get, you know, DMs every now and then about this topic of like, how do you put yourself out there to make new friends of people, like you said, moving to new mm-hmm. places? Um, and I think for me, <laughs> I feel like you're going to laugh when you hear me say this. For me, it's really about like getting out there in your community. And one of the biggest ways that I do that is going to my farmer's market and like making friends <laughs> with my. <laughs> But I feel like that's so you. And I feel like that's such a West Coast thing. East Coast, we don't yeah. we don't really have that. We don't have like a farmer's... Unless we do and I don't know of. Yeah. I mean, like for me, that's... I'll go to my farmer's market and like I'll find mm-hmm. vendors with products that I like. And then I like chat them up and I learn about, you know, what they do. And then it's like every Sunday, that's like my tradition that, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to see those people every Sunday and it like helps me feel more connected in my community and, you know, also know that I'm like giving back into it. And granted, these aren't necessarily friends that I've made that like I would call up when I'm having a hard time, but it does help kind of um, fuel this sense of community in a new space and help provide some connection. All right. Well, I just want to take a short break here to share with you guys a new fun sponsor of the podcast that I actually just really love like their actual company. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about Bombas, which is a sock company. And Bombas is actually like the Latin word for bumblebee. And so they really looked at like the, uh, the altruistic nature of bumblebees and how they work together and do a lot of giving in their company themselves. So for every pair of sock that they sell, they uh, then give a provide socks for a homeless person and kind of how the company was even started in the first place was the fact that they read a statistic that socks are the number one most, um, asked for, you know, product or whatever from homeless people that that's like the most needed thing that they're looking for. And then they became obsessed with socks and (laughs) I'm honestly, I love the company, A, but B, the socks themselves are like literally the most comfortable socks in like the history of feet. They are actually made from like super soft natural cotton. Um, and so every pair has like a seamless toe, a cushioned footbed that's like comfy, but isn't too thick. Um, they have so many colors and patterns, um, different lengths and different styles. And they're like really, really cute guys. <laughs> like I'm, I'm usually a big like fuzzy sock person, but these socks are so cute. I love the colors and they're just so comfortable. And the fact that they donate a pair to someone in need for every purchase that you make. I'm just, I'm all for them. So I definitely want you guys to check out Bombas. You can go to bombas.com slash Taylor today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash Taylor for 20% off bombas.com slash Taylor. So make sure you guys check it out. And now we can get back to this super fun conversation. I remember when I had first moved to LA, we were walking in West Hollywood and you're like, girl, I can't wait for you to start your own community out here. Yeah. And I remember thinking that was my goal. I want to start a community out in LA. 
And I was only in LA on and off um, because Nick and I broke up. So I moved back to Montreal. Then I moved back in. And luckily, I became very good friends with my roommate, Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. She's like, she just was such an amazing friend to have in LA because she wasn't from LA either. Yeah. So we bonded off a lot of, you know, we loved our family. We loved, mm -hmm. we, we were homebodies. Um, so I think the important thing is, is making sure kind of like when you're dating, yeah. making sure you're finding someone that resonates with your beliefs that resonates with the interests that you have so that you don't feel like you need to change or act a certain way or, or dress a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Especially when you move to a new place, I know one thing that's helped for me, you know, just moving around as a kid and everything that in a way, taking those first few months to kind of reflect and be by yourself has been helpful. Um, mm -hmm. In some ways, it was kind of forced and I didn't really have that option. It was just, you know, I was a new girl and didn't really have any friends. Um, but I think that taking that time to kind of get adjusted and situated in yourself and figuring out, you know, kind of the purpose and why you moved there and, you know, what it's like for you to be in a new place and, and all these things and kind of rediscovering yourself in this new place will then also allow you to be more yourself and to feel like you're more in an authentic place when you do meet people. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is the best advice for this kind of topic, but I hope that, I hope it's helpful. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. You always give great advice, Tess. Oh, thanks. Um, something I want to kind of jump back to here for people that I know um, enjoy us talking about Bachelor stuff. Um, and given that I don't talk about it in any other episodes, really, um, you mentioned earlier not watching the show and feeling guilty for that in a way. And I just want to piggyback that because when I do meet people, that's one of the first five questions that I'm asked is, oh, like, so do you still watch the show or like, mm -hmm. are you watching this current season? And I think it's important to not feel bad when making a decision for your own mental health. Like mm -hmm. for me, I, ha I haven't watched and partially because at first it was too fresh and it felt like, you know, it was a little triggering of my experience. Um, but I think at a certain point it gets to be like, yeah, like I want to be back in, in my, in my life and then creating the life that, that brings me joy and that, mm -hmm. and that this isn't necessarily something that, that, that gives me that <laughs> and that that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's uh, a. I never watched the show before going on it. I just watched like one or two episodes here and there to kind of understand like mm -hmm. what is this show about. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I was really into before going on the show, but I do really enjoy watching night one and the finale because mm -hmm. I feel like that's the most authentic. You know, like night one, you're so nervous, you don't know like <laughs> what are you gonna say when you walk out of the limo and the floor's all wet, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, is someone gonna slip? Yep. So the intros are always interesting, and then I, uh, and then the finale, obviously, like to see who they pick and to see whether or not they're still together and if they're happy, because that's something that I could relate to. Um, going back to when Nick and I got engaged, and then fast forward to a couple months later when we finally came out with our relationship out in the public eye, and mm -hmm. how stressful that was, but also exciting at the same time. So, yeah. Um, question. <laughs> Yes. 
maybe an will answer. You, will you, <laughs> girlfriend, be watching Paradise this season? Um, initially, I had thought yes. Um, initially I thought, you know, oh yeah, like I'm several seasons removed now and like don't really know any of the people that are on. At first was thinking, you know, that a friend of ours would be on. And so I was like, oh yeah, maybe, you know, I would watch like to support her. Um, and then that didn't happen anymore. And then I found out that Derek was going on and then I was like, you know, maybe next season. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I won't lie. Part of me definitely is curious to watch um Mm -hmm. the other part of me feels like i don't know if it's a smart decision to invite that Mm -hmm. stress and anxiety back in my life because it's Mm -hmm. not just like this fun form of entertainment it's you know watching someone that i was in in deep relation with and tried really hard with and didn't work out so like i can't I'm going to be filled with so many thoughts and feelings if I watch that part of me doesn't want to be fully consumed by that. So I feel like I shouldn't. I also don't yeah. have cable, so it's not like I can just turn it on. Like I would have to intentionally actively go find Hulu it on yeah. and watch it on Hulu. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. I it definitely feels overwhelming knowing that people have already asked me, like how do you feel about him going on? Are you going to watch? Um, and I know that those questions will only continue and grow in number. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's been a year, two years. How long has it been? Um, it was last June that we okay, split so it's up. a year. Yeah. Cause it was two years for me. So this is okay. Yeah, yeah. It was two years since Nick and I had broken up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last, yeah, the last we spoke was um, last September. So almost a year since since we last spoke. So I saw, um, obviously, Bastard in Paradise preview. Dean's mustache was on there. <laughs> yes. Oh, which I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't think it's that terrible. It's not. Like he pull- I think he just wanted to go in with the storyline. Yeah, he can pull off... Like and some good looks that most people he can can't. pull off a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dean's got swag. For Dean's sure. got swag, although he doesn't think he does. He, he really does. does. Um, but there was also part of the preview, and I'm this is not a spoiler, it's a preview. There was a part where you see Derek crying. Mm-hmm. Do we know why Derek is crying in the in the preview? Uh no, but I haven't we, I don't think I have we a guess. Do and God, that cry was okay. so familiar. It was so, it's, it's so strange. It's so strange. Did it bring it, you back? It does. It takes me right back to that. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, you see all kinds of like really vulnerable moments with someone when you date them, especially in that kind of, you know, context of being on a show together and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's cause where you guys met yeah. too. So like part of me felt yeah. like, you know, for him going on that that would be really hard because, you know, wouldn't he be there and be flooded with these memories of, of me the whole time? Mm-hmm. Because that was our entire experience there was building our relationship. So um, right. I, I'm sure it was 
very emotional for him just just to be there, let alone to mm-hmm. try to pursue a relationship or something. I don't know if he does or what that looks like, but but clearly, it I mean, like some he people was go on hurt by something, and yeah, seeing right. that face and seeing him cry like that was um, definitely took me back. Yeah, I mean, some people just go on paradise because they want to, you know have another shot at enjoying being part of the franchise. Other people really want to find a relationship. Other people are like, eh, if I do, that's great. If I walk away with nothing, that's also great. Paradise is, I've never been on it, and I'm assuming, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that's kind of the feel people could have going on the show, not knowing. It's kind of like a free-for-all. Not a free-for-all, but when you're going on The Bachelor Bachelorette, you're aiming to date one person. Paradise all kinds of shit mm-hmm. happens. You don't know who's walking down the stairs and who you're going to catch feelings yeah. for. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk too much about Derek, so we can move on from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's not... <laughs> it's definitely not comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I will just say I definitely wish him the best. And like, I don't, I don't want him to be unhappy and I don't want him to be, you know heartbroken obviously so Mm -hmm. i mean who knows what his experience is like this season but you know i hope that i hope that it was a good experience and i hope that you know he is in a good place and yeah i don't know i I have no idea what kind of a place he's in now and it's not really it's not really any any of my business so Well, it's it's good to know that you're neutral about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any control over what anyone else does or doesn't do, um, or does or doesn't say. And you know, I think our breakup was really, really difficult. And mm-hmm. yeah, it it was very. Very hard. And especially being in the public eye, it makes it, there's that extra layer Mm -hmm. of lingering feelings or do we break up now or do we break up later? Do we give it an extra shot? Yeah. Um, And there was, I mean, I feel like in so many relationships, that's the case, even when it's not public. But yeah. yeah, you know, it there is kind of this added pressure it feels like and that mm-hmm. for me was always like my biggest thing was like don't put pressure on me like even you know mm-hmm. when we first started like connecting on paradise i remember everyone was like oh you guys are like the next jane tanner you're the next jane tanner and i remember being like shut up like don't yeah. don't you yeah. dare put that pressure on me like i am right. here because then if you don't live up to the expectations yeah and it's like literally like the first night that we've like just talked like it's just the fact that we were talking was like oh Derek and Taylor mm-hmm. and i was like mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. like other like new people coming and people being like oh no no like taylor's with Derek. And i'm like hold up <laughs> hold up i'm like if he wants to go on a date with someone else like you know let him speak for himself and if someone wants to ask me on a date like let me speak for myself so there was so much pressure just even being on there about what our relationship was and then the fact that our relationship became 
a committed relationship that had a whole other layer of pressure and then just the pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> just kept kept building so yeah it's it was a difficult breakup well you and i have both been in public relationships actually yeah both engaged yeah um both public breakup what so fun yeah <laughs> So fun. Um, what kind of advice would you, I mean, I know the, the advice that you would give because we talk about it all the time, but what kind of advice would you give someone that is not in our friendship on, I mean, breakups are so hard. I think when you're, for me, it's, I have such an anxiety, like when I'm dating someone, A, we know that I have trust issues. God, I have so many issues. Trust is one of them. Yes. Yeah, trust is one of them. Um, and I always have this fear, like, because relationships haven't worked yeah. out for me. But and, and I mean, that's I was engaged okay, and it didn't okay, work out. Most relationships that's don't okay. work out. And I think that we have, like, a really damaging yeah. way of, of looking at relationships as they, as they, you know, are successful or they fail. And it's like, you know... Each relationship mm-hmm. is there to teach us something. And like there's a lesson in every relationship and people come into our lives to teach us different things. And I think that that is a beautiful lesson. And even if the relationship ends, it still could have been a successful relationship. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's my side rant. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, you're completely right. I think a tendency to get super anxious and then... Um, I think I'm someone that knows the breakup is coming or at least I might be unhappy mm-hmm. and then not be too much of, um, too much of, uh, uh, of a coward to not yeah. break up with the person yeah. and then kind of like lose mm-hmm. myself and turn into someone that yeah. I'm not And then the relationship happy. just spirals and spirals. And then, and then it spirals and then it just ends up yeah. ending, you yeah. know? And I think a large part, like so many people struggle with that of like not knowing when to leave a relationship and it's definitely mm-hmm. something I've struggled with like Derek and I definitely stayed together longer than we both knew we wanted to or that we should have and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it did lead to more conflict when you know had we both exited when we both knew you know then mm-hmm. then it probably could have been a little bit better but um I do think you know Essentially what you described is trying to kind of like beat it to the punch, like trying to trying to beat that rejection to the punch in a way and trying to mm-hmm. like protect yourself and not want your vulnerability to be met with rejection. And so, you know, looking for things or trying to find things to either justify our insecurities or to um, validate them and all the while you're kind of like, you you know where you're at, but it, it's too scary to, to go there and not mm-hmm. feeling like you have enough courage to walk away from something. And I think it's important to note too, that I think a lot of women, um, you know, we are sent these messages throughout our entire lives that we're basically waiting for a man to choose us and that we're waiting for a man to get down on one knee and, you know, that he's choosing us. And therefore, if we're in a mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. we should be happy because we're at least in a relationship. And then when you're not, like you experience way more judgment and shame than 
the guy ever does because it's looked at as you know the woman wasn't good enough for him and so like he had to break up with her is usually the schema that people go to and i think i think that's one of the reasons why we often don't have the courage to walk away from something when our gut tells us it and then like you mm-hmm. said, we lose ourselves, we, you know, become extremely unhappy. We then end up just in a relationship where we're both hating each other and then and then it has to end because of something bad has happened. Right. I think it's also um we tend to not we, I'm just saying people in general mm-hmm. tend to focus on the other person's energy and their reactions to things instead of taking I know I have a tendency to do this, instead of taking a step back and thinking, okay. What is it that I need? What is it that I want besides this person in my life? Like, what is it that Mm -hmm. I need? And focusing your energy on the things that you know you deserve as opposed to putting all your efforts and energy into getting a reaction out of someone, that being your your partner. Mm -hmm. You're frozen on my screen, by the way, so all I see is you like this. (laughs) (laughs) I had a sassy look on my face for a second um, because... (laughs) Just as you're saying, you know, um, of checking to see like what your needs are, I just was hit with like, yeah, and you know what? Like, why are women's needs not prioritized or made to be important in relationships? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, okay, we are emotional beings. We are emotional beings. We are the ones that carry, we have a, you know, babies that like babies. We bring into this world we have babies that we bring into this world so i think we have this natural ability to be more emotional yeah. and to we have this intuition and sometimes it's hard to decipher is it my intuition telling me to feel this way or is it my crazy side telling me you're being paranoid so sometimes it's having to just like take a moment and you tell me this all the time like just take a step back Take a moment to yourself and like have a little bit of distance between yeah. you and the person that you're dating to just like breathe, get recentered, and mm-hmm. refocus on what it is that you're you're you know you're arguing yeah. about or talking about or don't see something that you don't see eye yeah. to eye on. Um, and I know that that has been a struggle of mine as well. God, <laughs> I sound like the worst person to date. I'm like, I got trust issues. No, I'm it doesn't a, make you the worst person to, to date. It just makes you a person. Uh, It just makes you a person. We all have our things and we all bring things to a relationship and some are just more apparent than others. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask you how, how you know when it's something you should walk away from. Like, is there a moment when you know, Um, like, doesn't have to be specific to like any relationship but yeah um that's a great question i think i'm the type of person that won't give up super easily um i'm someone that will like to walk away from a relationship knowing that i tried everything everything i could to make it work whether that is me putting myself in my partner's shoes me being empathetic um you know doing couples Mm -hmm. therapy um and not, not, I think it takes a stronger person to be like, okay, let me figure this out instead of, oh, this is too much work. Because relationships are work. My longest relationship was two years. People who've been married for 20, I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, what is the secret? Please tell me. I need to know. 
and everyone says the same thing. It takes a lot of work. And when I was younger, all the movies and Disney shows would tell me that love lasts. Love can't last as long as the two people are willing to make it work and not ignite that flame. Wait, does that make sense? Yes. That love can last as long as those people can put in the work. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. I think, you know, I'll... I'll be a little vulnerable here. Um, (laughs) Oh, please do. This is your podcast. Um, Yeah, you know, I just had in one of my own therapy sessions actually yesterday um, of talking about, you know, the work that we put into relationships. And I'm definitely someone very similar to you where I don't want to give up. And I feel like I want to try everything possible in all of my relationships before making that decision to say, you know, okay, I don't think that this is going to be something that I want long-term or that I don't think that we're good for each other or it's not the right timing or whatever. And being that I am someone who enjoys doing personal work, who enjoys, you know, I, I know those skills, I have that education and I, you know, think it can be really exciting sometimes to, to do that work and to have those conversations and that perhaps sometimes, and something I'm still processing, um, of realizing that sometimes doing, sometimes there is a line of where it is too much work. And where it does become unhealthy because the work is overwhelming and the work is one-sided and the work is mm-hmm. um, too too deep sometimes. Um, or also where the work, sometimes there isn't the time for it. Um, and that there's all these things. And so while you might want to stay in a relationship because you want to make sure that you've done everything you could, when do you then know that? you've done everything and that, you know, you've worked as hard as you could. And I think you just feel it. I think you're, you're, you kind of just know I've reached my limit. Like I, I just can't, you just feel like you just can't give any more of yourself to the relationship or to your partner. And that's okay. And that's when it's time for you to walk away. And listen, some people do it for, you know, some people just stay in an unhealthy relationship and unhealthy doesn't mean that it's abusive or it just means that they're not meeting your needs. And it doesn't make you a needy person. Cause I've been told sometimes when I dated a guy, like, Oh, you're so needy. I'm like, no, my love language is words of affirmation and affection. And if you're not giving me those two things, I don't feel like I'm wanted. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, a difference. It's, Oh boy. Um, I think it is very important to turn towards your partner's needs. And this is, you know, all kind of language and, and things that I've learned from doing, uh, work with the Gottmans and the Gottman method for couples therapy, which in, in a previous episode, um, in the, the episode called Being a Therapist. Um, there's also a discount code in there for the Gottman Level 1 training, which is super fantastic and I absolutely love. Um, so you can check it out in that episode, um, the discount code to you know, get the training and kind of learn a little bit more about it. But a large part of what they talk about is turning towards your partner. And when a partner expresses a need, that you turn towards that. 
rather than judge it or invalidate it or dismiss it or turn away from it. And, you know, I think at a certain point, if someone is continually turning away from your needs, Mm -hmm. which again, needs are not negative things. Like we all have needs and we all have needs for different reasons and at, and at different times in relationships, but that your partner, when you express a need should be turning toward your need. And there's like, there's a, um, it's the five to one ratio for like marriage masters. And this is all like in the Gottman's research, um, where mm-hmm. like for every, uh, negative encounter that there are five positive, um, encounters to repair that. And that when that dynamic, wait, give me an example. So like for every time that, um, for every time that your partner has, let's say, maybe criticized you and said, you never do the dishes, um, that then there are, you know, five other instances of something positive, of a point of connection that you guys held hands or you guys um, mm-hmm. complimented each other or you guys, you know, went out on a date or, or something like that. Um, and that this is kind of like, uh, long term in the relationship too, um, and and the important mm-hmm. part in those you know kind of five positive encounters, those are all kind of bids for connection that they speak about. So that's really just when you're turning toward your partner to try to make a connection, and in that those can be different kinds of repairs. So it can be something like saying it can be like an apology. It can be, um, mm-hmm. it can be you know very classy, cheesy, getting your partner flowers. Um, it can be, uh, giving them a massage. It can be offering to talk about something. Um, giving a, giving hug. a hug. Exactly. It can be anything that's yeah. like you turning towards your partner. And I think over time, you know, in their, in their research, um, which again, highly recommend you guys check out because it's very helpful mm-hmm. to just, be aware of these tools, not only if you're in the helping profession, but just in general, because we all experience these things. Um, but that over time, when this ratio becomes, you know, a little thrown off, that it can be really difficult to manage that relationship and it can become really unhealthy. Um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse is something that they talk about. And these are kind of the relationship destroyers, things like criticism, stonewalling um what's stonewalling stonewalling is like where you shut down and you Mm -hmm. like don't speak like silent treatment those kinds of things um god i'm blanking on the other ones right now but uh yeah but i'm I'm blanking on them but (laughs) um but all of their work is is fantastic and something that i you know try to try to look towards not only in my work with clients but in my own personal work and relationships but it is it is it is hard work but there is also mm-hmm. a line of that work and i think when you start to realize that you're losing yourself in the relationship that that's a big red flag yeah there's also um a fine line between am i losing myself in this relationship or am i is this a a regular pattern of mine? Whenever I get into a relationship, Mm -hmm. I lose a part of myself because 
when you're, when I was in my twenties and my younger twenties, I would completely lose myself. I would like lose focus on work. Mm -hmm. I would want to help my partner excel in their career. And, and I would take a step back with all the things that I knew I wanted to achieve. And I wasn't putting the same amount of effort and energy. And, and then it's not on my partner to I shouldn't be resenting my partner no. for that. And when I was younger, I was like upset because I was like, oh my God, I'm like completely losing focus and sight on what are the things that I know I want to be accomplishing. And that's on me and that's on you to hold yourself accountable totally. to those things. And that's something that I, I worked on too, because um, I'm such a totally. giver. And if you're dating that, if you're dating someone who's a receiver, then you're yeah. constantly like... I am. Giving, giving, I am giving. a cancer and I am just so like, I feel like I'm a hardcore cancer. Like <laughs> when you read the description of like who a cancer is, that's like, that's me. Um, where one of the, of the things that we do struggle with in relationships is um, being motherly because we do have this very like nurturing um, personality mm-hmm. and totally I've, I have definitely had a pattern of realizing that when I'm single, I'm super independent and, you know, just totally working my shit. And then when I get in a relationship, I focus so much more on that relationship than I do anything else in my life. And it's, it's tough and it feels like I'm almost betraying the relationship in a way because it's like, oh, well, no, like this is so important and I am committed to this. So like this is where my energy should be put and where I want to put my energy. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to take a step back and say that, you know, yeah, I can still be showing up in this relationship in a really affectionate, caring way, but also still make sure that I'm prioritizing myself where, you know, my Mm -hmm. schedule matters too. And, you know, one of the things that I would do all the time is like rearrange my schedule completely to, you know, meet the needs of my partner's schedule. And I think a lot of that too, like in my episode with Jacqueline, who I fucking love, um, I absolutely love Jacqueline. She's such a gem. Um, but in my episode with her, you know, we're like, she, she had like a very strong, you know, woman role model in her mom. And, and for me, you know, my stepdad was in the air force and for my parents to even have a relationship, my mom had, you know, stay at home so she Mm -hmm. could be there for him. And so to me, I'm like, that's what was modeled for me of like, you know, being available for your partner, that that was super important. Mm -hmm. And so my history has been of, you know, in a way forgetting about and setting aside the things that I want and focusing on how I can be there best for the relationship, which is something I've worked on. The relationship I'm in now is, I would say, one of the first where I feel like I'm a priority as much as I'm making my partner a priority. Mm -hmm. And so encouraging of the things that I'm doing. And there's oftentimes where Josh asks me like, oh, what's happening with this contract or what's happening with that? And I'm like, it's so amazing that he's asking me, but I'm also so overwhelmed. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, you never want to talk about it. And I'm like, I know there's just so much to do. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot to get through in the day. Mm -hmm. But I'm so appreciative. And I tell him, he came to Tahoe with me to record an episode with the guys. And I, every day I was like, I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank you so much for, you know, coming. And it was a, tr- it was really a lot of stress getting there because our flight got canceled and delayed. And we you got seriously have the going. worst travel luck. Like, I have the worst, I, I have the worst travel luck. I know. 
It doesn't make sense. But luckily, when we went to Bali, it was smooth sailing. Except we for my luggage. That when we were in, <laughs> except for your luggage. Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. That's probably because of my yeah, bad luck kind of like trickled it, it rubbed onto off your on me. It did. energy. But no, we should definitely do a trip again soon. It's been too long I since I've... I desperately need to see you. I know. I know. Me too. So I'm going to cry. <laughs> so sad. But luckily, we talk every day. At my event yesterday, a girl asked if I still talk to like any of the girls in the season. I'm like, yeah, I just got from with Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was curling my hair with Taylor on FaceTime yes. <laughs> right before yes. the event. And I think, you know, I mean, it is hard sometimes because I feel like you get me so much. Like, God, I'm like so emotional right now. <laughs> Girl. And the thing is, it says poor connection, so I can't even see your face. <laughs> well, good, because I'm making weird faces. Um, but no, that like <laughs> you get me so much and that like you really have shown me such unconditional like love and support as a friend that I feel like it's really rare to find where it does feel like, you know, like we're family and... Mm-hmm. It's it's so different from a lot of my other relationships, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like mind blowing to think like Jesus Christ, I met this girl on the fucking Bachelor. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah. We kissed the same guy. <laughs> we made out with the same guy, and now it's like I just want to be making out with yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's or maybe we have already. <laughs> dear Lord kidding. Vanessa, um, it's. <laughs> It, and it's hard because like you're all the way in Montreal and I'm all the way in Seattle. We literally could not be farther apart. Um, but I think like managing, you know, I'm always in long distance relationships, which is just exhausting sometimes. But, you know, not only my relationship with you, but also with um, my close girlfriend, Casey, who is like my chosen sister and I've known her since I was like five. Like we've had long distance relationship friendships as well um, for like over a decade of our friendship was long distance. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's the one thing that helps us find connection with being long distance is we don't take things personally, I think. Like Mm -hmm. there are many Mm -hmm. times that I think both of us could like be offended at each other, but I think we just have such a, such a, a mindset of like goodwill towards each other that I'm like, yeah, if Vanessa doesn't answer this call or like, if I don't hear from her for a few days, I'm not like, oh my God, like she doesn't care about me. Like why, why hasn't she called me? Like she should be calling me. It's like, oh, well, I hope everything's okay with her. Like, let me shoot her a text. (laughs) And yeah, and I think also when you do have a friend long distance, make time to see each other. Um, whether that's once a year, you know, you have an annual yeah. trip, and I know life gets busy. Um, once a year for me would be so hard if I only saw Taylor once a year. Um, and also, if you're going on vacation, that truly tests your oh, friendship. Yeah. Bali for Taylor and I was a huge trip. She came from Seattle to Montreal. Uh, to, uh, to Toronto. We spent a week in a freezing cabin. Beautiful, beautiful, mm-hmm. um, uh, campsite. But again, that was like out of my comfort zone. <laughs> it's very much my comfort um, zone, but yeah. very out of Vanessa's. Very much your comfort zone. I have to throw out my pajamas. I don't know if we ever, do, you, do we ever talk about it? I think we story? did talk about it. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I think we did. So it's a great story. You we guys should go Bali back together. And it's a great it. story. Yeah. yeah. We went to Bali and I think we're also, we love hanging out with each other, but we also need to 
fill up our cup by being yeah. alone. And I understand that. I understand, like, I, towards the end of the trip, you weren't feeling well and you're in bed and we were watching. I think you watched, like, an entire season. <laughs> of, I don't know which, <laughs> what it was. Yeah, Ozark. And I came back from the market and you're, like, still in bed watching it. I'm like, hey, she needs her time to herself. Like, I get it. Yes. So not to take things personally mm-hmm. and also translate that into your relationship. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we all have our off days. Yeah. And, and I will say, I think another thing, like, thank goodness for FaceTime because it does allow, like, thank God we communicate yes. on the regular. Only through yeah. FaceTime. <laughs> we only communicate through FaceTime. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, audio notes where you just go yeah. on and on with just these pauses. At one point, like, her really? voice notes are just literally nothing. And I'm like, Vanessa, nothing. get to it. <laughs> I'll send her like 15 messages, like voice notes in a row. And you're like, they're all pointless. There's no information in any of these voice notes. I'm like, oh, wait, my coffee. They just called me. Yeah, my name's Vanessa. And I'm like recording this entire conversation I'm having with her. Or it's literally just her like pausing like, um, I forgot what I was going to say. That's my go-to line when I'm like so out of it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why are you still pressing the button? Like just (laughs) let it go. I know. I have to learn how to give better yeah, voice notes. But that's mainly why we why we do stick to FaceTime. Um, and yeah, and I think especially not taking things personally when when your friend does get into a new relationship. I mean, for us, it's kind of weird because we both kind of got into relationships at like the same time almost. Um, very, very yep. like, similar timing. Um, yep. And I think we both kind of knew and had this support for each other of like, you know, you're going to be present in this and like, I just want you to be happy. And literally, if he hurts you, I will murder him. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, my friends' boyfriends know that about oh, me. Oh, they do. They do. Oh, yeah, they do. Vanessa, but listen. You may look scary. That's why I but love you see, because I'm like, yeah, be. like my girl's got I my back. I want to be. A hundred percent. Listen, there's certain things that I'm like, I would never do or say to other people, but I'm like, and I, don't, I wouldn't want you saying it. I wouldn't want you saying it. I'm like, I, I don't want you to lose your dignity. I will lose my dignity for my friends. <laughs> yes. You, you will go from zero to a hundred for your friends. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. And being a cancer yep. and, and like really being all about loyalty. I respect that. I'm a Libra. I'm I'm supposed to be balanced, but I'm the most unbalanced person. <laughs> I feel like you're almost more of like a Gemini because you're just like Yeah. I think I am. I have to look into it. Maybe they didn't put the right birthday on my birth certificate. Who knows? Yeah. It's 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 crazy, the horoscope thing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm very thankful for our friendship and we met. I'm extremely thankful we met for it. Through the wild world of of Bachelor Nation, but we made it to each other. <laughs> That's that is what um, brings me so much happiness in all of this. You are almost like my silver lining in all of the you are bullshit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yeah. We stuck by each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. And I I hope that you guys listening, you know, appreciate what we do share about all of this and, you know, talking about some of the Bachelor stuff more that I don't usually talk about in the podcast. Um, 
but that, you know, it definitely has not always been an easy, easy time for me with all of this stuff and definitely having your guys' support and your support V throughout all of this is like so amazing. I'm so thankful. Of course. Of course. And at the end of the day, I think anyone that goes on the show has, even though we have different outcomes and experiences, we kind of go through the, the yeah. same motions. Um, so we can mm-hmm. all relate to each other's stories or at least how we feel at a certain yeah. point. I think almost everyone goes through, you know, a, it, it's a huge transitional state and it's like a whole addition to your identity. So a lot of people experience, you know, depression for the first time or some intense anxiety for the first time. Um, it can really shake like your whole, your whole sense of self. It's not always this, yep. um, magical, glamorous thing that people might think it is. Um, it can be really, really messy and emotionally damaging. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to do those things like go to therapy. I still can't see your face. I'm just staring at my face. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because it's important to go to therapy, V. And you're like just staring at oh, me. Oh, I thought you were continuing. No, I thought, listen, I talk about therapy all the time. Even at, I was at the event last night. I was talking about therapy to some of the people that came out to see me. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great thing to just be able to open up about mm-hmm. your feelings to someone other than your friends or your mom. I'm an unbiased person. I can give you professional advice. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with yeah. you. I think I'm happy that the stigma is not as strong as it used to be. Um, but yes, there's still a stigma around it. And you don't need to be going through something that intense to be going to therapy. It's just yeah. checking in and, you know. Oh, girl, I wish we would have talked about um, couples therapy because you mentioned it with you and Nick. And I did yeah. that post recently about going to therapy and received so much shit over that. Um Really? Yeah, that people were like, oh, well, your relationship is doomed if you're already having to go no, to couples no, therapy no, 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 and no, no. all this shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when I when I went to go see a therapist, um, when I was with uh, Nick, the therapist basically said that if you're coming to therapy towards the end of your relationship, this is my last resort. We got to go see a yeah. therapist. That usually means it's highly likely that things aren't the greatest in your relationship. There's a lot of work you need to put into it. And chances are you might not end up together Mm -hmm. because you're going to realize there's so many differences and maybe resentment that you might not be able to get over. And so if you're trying to lose weight, I always compare this to losing weight. If you're trying to lose weight and you're going to the gym, but you keep constantly eating McDonald's, you're not going to get any healthier. So if your relationship is you fighting with your, or not even fighting, just like going through the motions with your, with your partner and not really getting to like the root of who this person is, the root of what your relationship should be and what you want it to look Mm -hmm. like. And then you go to therapy. It's like, well, you're unraveling a bunch of things that you should have worked on from early on. So I, 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 yeah, I don't like when people say those, those things because it is hurtful and you're basically saying that, uh, my relationship is not going to work out. And um, which, I mean, honestly, no one ever knows. No one ever knows if yeah. it's going to work out. And I know people say like, when you know, you know, but <laughs> I haven't known yet. <laughs> um, and I think that you, 
I just honestly think even when you think you know that you really don't ever know. Um, you never truly know the person that you're dating. And I don't want this. I don't want people to take this as a, what do you mean? It's we're changing every day. Like I'm evolving every day. I'm learning new things about mm -hmm. myself every day. I want my partner to learn this new thing that I learned about myself today. So he's constantly learning about me and I'm constantly learning about mm -hmm. him. And that's what I mean by, you know, being able to be present in your relationship and really getting to know your partner. It takes years. It takes your whole life because you're constantly growing separately mm -hmm. and together. Totally. Um, and I think, I think <laughs> I just <laughs> looking at your face right now. I can't, um, <laughs> I still can't see so I'm just staring yes, at myself. <laughs> I see that. Um, but I think that it's, uh, it's sad for me that a lot of people look at going to therapy as like, you have to be in crisis mode. And for nope. me you know, a large part of like my partner coming to my counseling is like allowing them to better get to know me and my life, like, and all the things that that involves. <laughs> Wait, you posted something on your stories. We go, people go to see therapists. With the people who with aren't, people going, who to aren't going to see therapists. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's been my life way too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to just circle back really quickly um, to the four horsemen of the apocalypse that the Gottmans talk about because I, I could only remember the two of criticism and stonewalling, um, but the other two are contempt and defensiveness. So things like <laughs> mocking with sarcasm, calling them names, mimicking them. Um, <laughs> all of these things can come up at certain times and like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is very important, the repairs that come in after that. Um, again, with the magic relationship ratio of the five to one, um, for every negative interaction during conflict, that there is yeah. a stable five or more positive interactions. One uh, thing I will say, because I've been shit-talking myself this entire podcast, um, one thing that I will say that I'm really good at is repairing. I don't like having negative feelings. Well, I would also say Josh is really good Josh at Josh is amazing at like, oh, 100 yeah. percent he always reaches out if ever we, we like argue about like whatever we could be arguing about and miscommunication mm -hmm. um yeah. and i'm also someone that doesn't like to stay angry at someone i don't like mm -hmm. having to hold those negative feelings towards people um yeah yeah and so like if i know i've hurt someone it takes a lot of energy out of me and and it makes me really sad that i you know i could get to the point where i could not enjoy some of the things that the interactions that may have happened. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I'm aware of those things. Yeah. And because you're aware of them, they're things that you can actively work on. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that, you know, Josh is such a affectionate person that he is really good at that words of affirmation yeah. that he is really able to like, even during conflict to kind of, you know, lend that affection to kind of like bring it back a little bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, no one is perfect. Absolutely. We all have our things. A hundred percent. Um, but do also just want to share since I have it pulled up here, um, that when we do talk about the five to one ratio, um, 
some of the, we already kind of gave some examples of the positive interactions, but just kind of to be a little bit more specific, uh, doing things like being interested in your partner. So like asking open-ended questions, um, nodding, actively listening, um, doing things like expressing affection, offering a kiss or a hug, Mm -hmm. uh, demonstrating that they matter, um, bringing up something that's like important to your partner, even when you disagree, um, intentional appreciation. Even I was just on the phone with Casey, um, last night and her boyfriend had, or husband now, uh, actually sent her just like a random text, just being like, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for like all you do to like, you know, prepare food for us Mm -hmm. and like clean up the house. Like I don't say it enough and I want you to know I do see it and I really appreciate it. And I was like, oh my God, that... That was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, finding opportunities for agreement, empathizing and apologizing, accepting your partner's perspective, making jokes. Um, all these things can kind of be some repairs and positive interactions when any of those kind of four horsemen of the apocalypse come up. So yeah, just wanted to share that. I love that. When Josh came to pick me up at the airport, he um, brought flowers. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not a huge fan of flowers, but I really like... I he does so many like cute gestures and he's like, I wanted to have something that was bright in your house. When you come back, you know, you were gone for three weeks and there's like life in the house. And I'm like, that is so thoughtful. It's very thoughtful. Yeah. Very sweet. Very, very sweet. Well, I have your sunflowers here that you gave me for my birthday. Yes. So thank you. You're welcome. You're the best with a sweet little card and cards are my favorite. So thank you. You deserve all the love, girl. Thanks. All the love. Well, thanks for thanks for chatting with me on here. Of course. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you, even though I've already kind of mentioned it? Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Vanessa Grimaldi30. Um, you can also listen to Help I Suck at Dating podcast with Dean and Jared and myself on iHeartRadio podcast or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, or you can follow my foundation, not or, and you can follow my foundation and, and you can follow my foundation, my nonprofit help, uh, help us like a dating. No, my, um, my <laughs> nonprofit, um, no better you at no better you on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Love you. Um, love you bunches. And thank you all for listening to this episode and making it all the way through. Um, if you have a minute after this, I would love to see you guys show your support and head over to iTunes to leave a review or just leave a star rating. Um, but I love kind of hearing where you guys listen and what you guys are liking about the show. So would love to see that there. And if not, you can also shoot topic suggestions to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. I hope that this information has been helpful today and I will be back next week and I'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.